0: The Sisterhood of the Bottomless Mimosa.
1: What up, sluts? What up, sluts? Welcome to the Sisterhood of the Bottomless Slut Mosa. <laughs> I am C- I'm CJ. Sluttastic. Yeah, I was trying to. Slut doesn't really work into CJ. (laughs) C slut J, and this is Ms.
0: Yes, I like that. Um. Yeah, welcome back. We don't. We again. I have no clue what episode this is, but
1: it's 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 up there. I think we're getting close to twenty. Holy shit! Right. 80 more episodes and we'll be at the number of men you've slept with. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the slut episode, y'all. Uh real quick while you guys are still engaged, we mentioned at the top of the last episode and at the bottom that we will be going to PodCon 2 in January 2019 in Seattle, Washington. Uh, it's super exciting we're going to have a table we're going to meet other podcasters who know what they're doing and absorb all the knowledge we can get and hopefully get some new followers and some networks built Uh, Melissa do you want to tell people about the amazing thing we're gonna feature at our table
0: yeah we have a couple of good ideas but um, considering the fact that we're dirt poor and um, We literally cannot afford to provide, like, merchandising collateral in the 3,000 quantities to, you know, provide to all of the, the people that are going to be at PodCon. We're trying to take a different, more intelligent uh, approach and create a very visually appealing booth so that the morons of today's society who live through social media will feel inclined like shit, I mean, flies to shit.
1: Shit to flies works too. Shit
0: to flies works too. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, flutter over to our booth and take photos with our very um, intriguing... booth setup. And so one of the ideas that I have that we're definitely gonna execute is a forty dollar seven foot five Either champagne bottle or wine bottle. It's still to be determined that we will have branded with uh, the Sisterhood of the Bottomless Mimosa. And people can take pictures of it and post it on their social media to provide us free advertising.
1: Yay! So tell the sluts at home, is this a cardboard cutout? Is it a plastic yes, bottle? It's a cardboard it is, cutout.
0: Yeah, it's a cardboard cutout and it's literally seven foot five. So it's going to be fucking gigantic. Um, I'm only five four. So it's going to be like almost twice my height.
1: Um Oh my god, you're you're half a foot shorter than me. That I just realized I'm tall. Yeah, you're tall. <laughs> um um so and it's only yeah, 40 bucks. What a it's fucking steal. It's literally
0: $40. Isn't that what hilarious? $40 yeah. even with personalized branding on it.
1: What a steal
0: yeah so we're gonna have that and then cj might bust out some tarot cards Mm -hmm. um i was thinking about having i we actually didn't agree on this or not agree on this but potentially having like cardboard face cutouts of some of our favorite ladies for people to use in their photo ops you never know somebody might want to take a picture as yoko you never know that
1: is such a cool idea
0: um or like Michelle Obama, you know? What if we? What if I want to be Michelle Obama in that moment? I might as well next to my giant seven and, foot like, five champagne.
1: Can we get cardboard cutouts for her arms so people can support <laughs> right? Michelle Obama arms?
0: <laughs> um, we're also considering getting stickers. Um, another thing I actually haven't discussed with you yet that I was really into was temporary
1: tattoos. Oh my god! Um, and then only if might- they're all. Tramp stamps. That's the only way well, I'm it off. Okay, cool.
0: <laughs> um, and then maybe we if we can round up enough money, um, we might be doing some personalized either like to go wine cups or potentially like beer koozies. We haven't really it really depends on if we have money. So these are some of our ideas. We're fucking stoked about it. We might even do some like interactive games at the booth that could result in a prize we're still kind of trying to feel it out so if anybody has any like other cool ideas that you think might be really awesome and attract people to our booth definitely let us know um, via text if you're our friends or email us at mimosasisterhood at gmail.com but We're fucking going to Seattle and we're stoked and we're gonna burn that motherfucking conference to the ground.
1: Literally, just gonna walk in there with a fucking match, light it on fire, (laughs) and drink a seven foot four bottle of champagne.
0: And unfortunately, they don't let alcohol in. That was something we wanted to do was serve alcohol at yeah. our booth. So we're going to just have to bring our own flasks and mm-hmm. maybe like pop
1: squats of shots behind the booth without people knowing. That 100% is going to happen. It's a shame. It's because it's an all ages event. So I'm sure serving alcohol becomes a little bit more complicated. Yes. But I think, you know, I'm a big proponent of podcasting under the influence of PUI. <laughs> So maybe, maybe we can change the culture a little bit. Uh, Also, as Melissa mentioned, while that $40 cardboard wine bottle is a fucking steal, uh, we are flying, I'm flying across the country to go to Seattle. We had to pay for registration fees. Our life is misery. We're so broke. If you want to support us, we have started a GoFundMe uh, we've already raised a hundred bucks. So those of you who have donated, we super appreciate you, Marissa, girl. If you're listening, I saw that money come through. Thank you, uh, and other people whose names I don't know. Um, so we've had three donators. We have, we have. One awesome. of them was your your good friend under his alias. Uh, <laughs> our number one fan i would shout him out by name but he'd probably have to legally change his name so the fbi couldn't find him so i'm not going to shout him out but he knows who he is
0: at any rate
1: we are going to post a link to the gofundme page in the description of this episode and every episode we record between now and then so if you guys can contribute that's great if not at least subscribe and you know get us tattooed on your ass show that tattoo to people when you're at the bar be like oh my god this is the podcast you need to get (laughs) and it'll be great we also are
0: switching things up in terms of our podcast schedule so today is the very first day we are recording on our officially new podcast recording day which is a wednesday um and so we will now be uploading our episodes on mondays so if you are dying in agony on thursday morning tomorrow wondering where our episode is it will be in your inbox come monday
1: which is perfect so when you're you know taking the train into work or driving your commute hungover wishing that your life would just end because work is misery you have us to keep you alive Yes. We're here for you.
0: We did this for you.
1: (laughs) This is all about you and not at all about our schedules and convenience. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you have so you as as always Melissa has actual exciting life stories and I'm gonna tell you guys about like a book I read.
0: one funny thing to talk about this episode because it's just I'm still recovering from it um so I randomly out of nowhere joined a co-ed softball team um like in the middle of the season through like a mutual friend who needed to fill a position and they reached out to me and I was like well duh so I've been playing on this softball team for two weeks now and shit's lit um but anyway this past Sunday so, first of all, this is, like, a beer league. Um, right. All of, these, all of these peeps, like, drink before, like, they literally, like, go to brunch or the bar, and they, like, get their drink on, and then they come to the baseball game, and they start, like, chugging brews, like, before the game starts, and then after the game, they go bar hopping. Like, my kind of people. Slash so, Yes, basically. So, last Sunday, I wasn't able to meet them for brunch, but, um... I decided to do a little bit of drinking on my own prior to the game cuz duh and so I started off with like some coffee and Bailey's at home and then I brought a roadie with me to the field the and so we're literally just warming up like the game hasn't even started yet it's just like all of us very casually throwing the ball back and forth like nothing crazy And this girl who is on my team was just, like, kind of standing off the side nearby throwing with, like, the guy. And, you know, no one's, like, paying attention to anybody else. We're just warming up, and we, like, hear her scream. And so everyone looks, and she's holding her hands to her mouth, and she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm bleeding, I'm bleeding. And we're like, what the fuck? And so we're like what happened what happened and like basically she didn't know how to properly catch a baseball so she was holding the glove like <gasps> literally directly in front of her face no, baby. and like either totally misjudged How to catch it or where it was in the air but it just did not go into the glove and it just hit her directly in the face so she's like gushing blood and we like all run over to be like oh my god are you okay and she's looking at us and she like starts to speak to be like it hurts and as she like opens her mouth to speak those words all of a sudden we see a very large gap in between her front teeth
1: no
0: one of her front buck teeth is
1: gone just like nowhere in the mouth no, 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 vanished eliminated from the gum no gone no thanks for thanks for checking but no i'm good keep
0: in mind i'm like two drinks deep Uh i literally went into like an insane shock response where like I was just like bug eyes, jaw dropped, couldn't believe what the fuck I was seeing. And no everybody else had the same expression. And like we realized that she didn't know her tooth was missing yet. Oh, but baby. we did.
1: Oh, <laughs> and baby. So it was like,
0: yeah. oh my God, oh my God, who's gonna tell her? What are we gonna say? Like she's gonna freak out even more. And so she starts to walk off to the dugout, and one of the other girls is looking for a napkin to take care of her and like clean her up. And me and these three guys are just staring at each other fucking like completely speechless because we all know the tooth's gone and like we don't even know what to say or like what to do and she eventually realizes in the dugout her tooth is missing but then like over here these guys are like looking in the grass to like see if maybe it was there and all of a sudden one of them who literally is like 33 years old screams at the top of his lungs like a four year old he's like "Ah!" (laughs) And we, like, look down, and it's in the grass, and it's, like, three inches long.
1: No. The entire tooth,
0: including the whole roots. Like, it all came out as a whole. It didn't even chip off. The whole thing came out, and I started fucking dying laughing like in hysteric laughter to the point that it was so inappropriate I had to remove myself and walk off to the side of the field and crack up alone behind a dugout like it was like the most fucked up thing I've ever done but I think because I had had those two drinks and I was a little bit delirious because I was tired from the night before I like fell into one of those like fit of uncontrollable laughter that you just can't stop once you get started
1: and (laughs) that's great I was, like crying bloody and a missing tooth
0: and i am screaming in hysterical laughter over it and it was so fucked up and i couldn't stop it was the most mortifying thing ever and eventually like the so then the guys are arguing of like who's gonna grab the tooth who's gonna grab the tooth because oh, it's so God. disgusting oh, it is so gross dude you wouldn't it looked like a horse tooth yeah. like it was massive And then one of them ended up manning up and, like, grabbed it and gave it to her. And then she went to the hospital. And apparently, if you get a tooth knocked out like that, you have to, like, get it up back in within, like, an hour. And it can be, like, salvaged. Like, the gum will just, like, latch back onto it and, like, suck it back in. Yeah. So she got it reinserted? yes it they reinserted it and now it just has to be monitored to make sure because if it starts to like turn directions then there's a problem but if like it like basically it re like it reconnects to the gum roots it just like gets soaked back up in
1: so now i'm like i went from being mortified to being scientifically curious and that you probably don't know i'm like do they just like Shove the roots back up? I have like, no
0: idea. How did I uh, I was too busy laughing at it. You're such like, a horrible human being. I know, I just want to I'm a now. horrible human being. And then after she left, like then other people started laughing too. And I didn't feel as <laughs> horrible. And then like instantly the ump is like, game on! And then like <laughs> jump on the fucking field and immediately start be- playing baseball. But we're all like in utter shock of what we just saw. And nobody can get over it. And then we like get back to the dugout and people are still laughing and it was I mean I hope she's not listening (laughs) because duh I fucking advertised the pod to the team but of um, course girl if you're listening I'm really sorry about your tooth and I'm sorry I laughed at it um when you're drunk and you see something shocking like that it has a tendency to make you do very inappropriate things
1: okay so a few things one your team name should be the sisterhood of the bottomless mimosa (laughs) If it's It's actually the Woo Crew, all right. Well, next season. Next season. Secondly, anybody listening, if you're if you don't play baseball or softball and you get a wild hair up your ass and decide to join a league, you catch out like you outstretch your hand away from your main bodily mass to catch a ball as much as you can. Sometimes. It hits you. It happens. I was in a summer league this summer and got doinked right on the fucking forehead, as Melissa knows, and was sporting a nice scar for about four weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Like a maniac. Everybody, of course, assumed I got drunk and fell over. And I was like, no, no, no. I was hit by a ball. I have a little bit more class. You guys just don't. Away from the body. Away from the body, guys. Yeah. Uh,
0: Or you might lose a bucky beaver tooth. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But who knows? Like maybe I mean, who threw her the ball? That person probably felt bad.
0: Oh, he—he he, it was a guy and he felt horrible. Yeah, but like he didn't like hurl it at her by any means. Right. It was super casual. She but just still, didn't catch it I'm, properly. He,
1: that poor guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, he felt really bad. So yeah, that was right. really really entertaining. So um, that's your
1: that's your woman of the week. Your tooth yeah. of the week. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's just one of those things
0: where you don't know how you're going to react to something because you've never been in that situation but the minute I made eye contact with a missing tooth in a mouth I just found it to be the funniest thing I ever saw in my life
1: I will say also to end this up Or to wrap this up in Melissa's defense, there was one time when she was visiting me in New Orleans that we were riding bikes home, drunk as shit from the bar. Now, in my defense, (laughs) I was riding my roommate's bike, which was way taller than my normal bike. So when I'm seated on the saddle, my toes are just grazing the ground. So I already sober, didn't have a good balance. I fell off that bike, drunk as shit, at least twice and we went less than a mile it was at least twice skinned my knee so bad that 13 months later i still have scars from that and she of course is laughing hysterically but so was i because it was just ridiculous and i was so drunk And when we got back to my house, like in pure Virgo fashion with her Sagittarius moon is laughing and smiling hysterically, but also like cleaning and bandaging my wounds at the same time. i don't even remember cleaning your wound you did you like i remember that i remember being because i remember being like oh that's my friend as (laughs) as fucked up and drunk as i was i remember being like oh man this is a good friend like she's literally cleaning my wound i I was like shit face cleaning your like open wound (laughs) she really was (laughs) (laughs) you really were
0: so, you know,
1: she might laugh if you knock a tooth out, but she will also bandage your wounds while blackout drunk. That's mo- that's Ooh, awesome. put that put yeah. that in your Tinder profile, girl. Oh, my God. For real.
0: <laughs> we'll help you when drunk
1: and uh, laugh. Yeah, you killed it. Great work.
0: All right. Good intro. Well, I
1: have a not at all exciting story. Hi, I've been sitting in my house reading books and making vegan borscht. This is the life that I live. But I did want to give a shout out because if you well, if you're into true crime, I was gonna say which you must be if you listen to our podcast, but we never talk about true crime, so I don't know. But uh there is a book by Michelle McNamara, who is the late wife of Patton Oswald, the comedian. So she died a few years ago, but she was writing a book about the Golden State killer, who is this big killer in California up and down the coast. And he was caught, I wanna say maybe eight months ago. He's been murdering yes, people since. Yeah, like within the last, may, might have been six, not yeah. that long ago, within 2018, he was caught after like 30 years of just massacring people and raping women, primarily because Michelle McNamara got people interested in the case again and got cops, kind of lit a f- fire under the ass of the cops that were involved in the case anyway i bring this up because a spoiler alert michelle mcnamara is my woman of the week and i might actually cover nice. her in a future episode and b this book is so good i it's maybe 350 pages i bought it last night i'm halfway through the book nice. just stayed up to like three in the morning devouring this book it's is it so written good.
0: like a novel or like an investigation Well, kind of both.
1: So it's a Mm. true story, but the way she writes it feels almost novel-like. And she also does this... She's an incredible writer. An incredible writer. She's such an amazing writer. And she interweaves pieces of her personal story in a way that really works. Just kind of... She's very aware of the fact that she has kind of an unhealthy obsession with this killer. And she's constantly reflecting on that within the book in a way that doesn't feel glib. It feels very because you become obsessed with her as you're reading the story you're like oh my god i can't stop reading this and so you really relate to her obsession you're like i could see why you would just get sucked into this and she's telling stories where she has a daughter at the time that she's writing this and she's talking about how she hides in her daughter's playroom and literally is like scribbling notes with crayon as she's doing 3 a.m research while her husband and daughter are asleep but it's just how weird it's super super good Uh, she did sadly die before they caught him but no two ways about it he probably would not have been caught if she hadn't renewed interest in the case so a super recommend it B big shout out to michelle mcnamara she's a badass bitch uh and kind Didn't of sounded they... like an Irish party girl growing up. I kind of feel like we would have been friends if I met her in real life. She sounded nice. dope. Yeah, Didn't sounds dope. Didn't
0: he get caught through one of those like DNA kits? Yes. Things? How yes. funny is that shit?
1: I know. So I don't know how. It's probably be a long time before he goes to trial because they have to build such a huge case of evidence. But yeah, I'm curious to see what they do with that because that could set a weird precedent for sure
0: yeah so basically basically, work though right so basically somebody else took one of those kits that was related to him and it somehow tied to him
1: yeah so for anyone who's listening or like what the fuck are you talking about the golden state killer was caught i think it was through the website 23 and me so it's like uh what are the more popular ones um ancestry or something like that so they send you a kit you do like a little blood draw you send it back and they analyze your dna So they use, they uploaded his, I don't know how exactly it worked, but they basically uploaded his DNA into this program, this database, and it automatically links you to other people you're related to, which is also really weird. Because think of like all the weird people you could, like, what if your like dad had an illegitimate kid you didn't know about? Like, there's just some weird stuff that could happen, right? But at any rate, they uploaded his DNA and they found it was something like first or second cousin's. And they contacted those people and they basically were like, hey, did you have a, do you have a white male relative who lived in this area during these years at this age? And that's how they narrowed it down to to him. It's fucking weird. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm glad they caught him, but it's a little, yeah. So if you have committed murders, guys, don't take a DNA test. Like, just don't put your DNA anywhere. But also, if you've committed murders, go fuck yourself. And we hate you. I'll be gone in the dark. Great fucking book. Woo! That's my, yeah. It's not a tooth flying out of a head, but you know what? I'm more, I'm fucking cerebral, okay? I'm fucking cerebral. All right, should we do a wine review?
0: Oh, yeah, wine review. Okay, you go first.
1: 'Cause I'm drinking. Okay.
0: So I have a bottle that I got from Gelson's, actually. What's that? Um it's a it's like kind of like a bougie Whole Foods, but it's Gelson's. Oh, okay. I don't know where they exist other than California, but Okay. Um So I went to Gelson's and I got this Pinot Noir and it was like the cheapest bottle that they had, which was still like twelve dollars. And that's pricey <laughs> for me.
1: Mm-hmm. I yeah. Um,
0: it's a really boring label no need to even look at it but it's called the original smoking loon and it's a 2016 pinot noir and it's pretty fucking bomb i mean i'm just like i don't know what the deal is like whenever it's cold or winter time i only want to drink red wine yeah
1: that makes sense that's yeah a winter, i think just like
0: because it just kind of like warms you up you know the alcohol. Mm-hmm and so i'm liking it but it's really boring not that exciting woohoo red label who cares yeah like um, die but it's really good so
1: do you ever drink syrah drinking.
0: no i don't
1: i feel like syrah is a good i don't know why i have this in my head a syrah being a good rainy day kind of wine
0: I like I, good... is syrah like strong in tannins though
1: i mean i don't know i'm not i'm that... not like
0: I'm not big on the tannin aftertaste.
1: We need to also start a GoFundMe so we can take actual wine tasting classes (laughs) and give real... You're great, though. You're killing it.
0: Well, I used to do hardcore wine when I was in SF when I was waiting tables. Right, right. I I used to do a lot of wine classes
1: then, but... um, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I'm really fucking excited about my wine. And here's why. Because I love a motherfucking deal okay so i went to basically i'm in a like raging premenstrual depression and i'm broke and i'm feeling very sorry for myself so does that mean that i'm gonna buy cheap wine absolutely not that means we're gonna kick it up a few dollars because i'm a gemini and we're ridiculous so i went to the whole paycheck today to get my wine and there's a wine that is normally 23.99 Which is, I don't go over, like, 17 That's just not, if there's an 8 on the label, I'm not buying it. Or on the tag, I'm not buying it. But it was on sale for $17.99. Which I do recognize means I spent $18 on this (laughs) bottle of wine. But it was $5 off! Like, I would never buy an over $20 bottle of wine. And I was just like, CJ, you have to get it. So, it's called Decoy. It has a slightly cuter label than yours, but not by much. It's a picture I mean, of a duck. I think I've had this. Or like a yeah, duck that's decoy. Funny. Mine has a duck.
0: Does it really? Yeah. Oh that my little god. stupid gold
1: label has a little duck on it. Oh my god! So like two things: a my duck is cuter than yours, and b <laughs> this is the duck episode. <laughs> uh, so. It's a Sauvignon Blanc 2017 Sonoma County, as as you know and love, the Northern Northern California. And this is the description which I love because it's so bougie. The everyday wine for the well informed. That's the whole description. The well informed. <laughs> oh no, my god. There's no tasting now. It's just like if you know what the fuck is good, you're drinking this wine. That's hilarious. Um, it's fucking fantastic. Is it's it? so good. Yes. I it's, you know how sometimes when you drink, when you're like out and about and drinking more expensive wine than you'd ever drink at home or you're at a party yeah. and it's like an open bar or whatever the fuck. And you have a sip of wine. You're like, oh, like, this is why rich people drink expensive wine because I could slam, like, 12 of these and not be hungover tomorrow. Like, yeah. the second it hit my tongue, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to drink this whole bottle tonight and then do yoga at, like, 6 a.m. I could just yeah. feel it. Uh, so I'm already halfway through the bottle. I've been drinking since we started talking, so that's how good it is. I'm just guzzling nice. it. Nice. Uh, and I'm really fucking stoked about it. I don't think I'd buy it again if it was at its... Like normal ticket price, but yeah, really no. glad they marked it down for my. For fuck my yeah, today. the
0: duck squad over here.
1: Duck squad, fuck squad, bitch. <laughs> yes. All right. Let me just pour, sip, and then we're going to get started. Let's do it. Excited. Okay. Okay, she's ready. So. I realized after editing our last episode way, way too many times, I don't know why I got so caught on that episode, I just fell into a fucking black hole with that episode, that I keep covering women who are basically just like sluts and witches (laughs) keep covering sex workers and con artists and witchy women which is great and those are the women I love but I decided that maybe I should switch it up a little bit and and cover a feel good woman that we can all just feel great about who isn't nearly as controversial as most of my women and I went to our go-to the Ann Shen book uh bad bad girls throughout history yeah bad women and shen call us we're still thinking about you we're still waiting for that call uh if you know if you are one of our 254 listeners and you know Ann shen please connect us uh at any rate i started leafing through trying to get ideas and i landed on a woman i've always wanted to cover in part because we share a name And her name is Madame or was Madame C.J. Walker. She was a self-made entrepreneuress, philanthropist, an activist, and she was born into poverty in the south as a black woman only four years after slavery ended and by the time of her death she was one of the wealthiest black women in america because she had founded a hair and beauty product line that was geared specifically towards black women and got rich as fuck off of it how cool Super, super excited to talk about her okay Madame CJ Walker, which, by the way, I'm about to change my fucking name to Madame CJ because that is dope as shit. So <laughs> henceforth, that's how you can refer to me. She was actually born as Sarah Breedlove in 1867 in Delta, Louisiana. So she's also a Louisiana native, which was great. I'm going to call her Sarah until her name change. So this okay. might get confusing, but I'm just going to call her Sarah until her name change so she's the first child born into her family who is not born into slavery so both her parents and her older siblings are all born into slavery the emancipation proclamation was only four years before she was born so all this to say she's literally starting at like the bottom of the bottom like not born into slavery but just by a hair And even though she wasn't born into slavery, her life was by no means, her early life was by no means easy. So by the age of seven years old, she's an orphan. And I don't totally know why. It sounds like her mom died of cholera. I don't know how her dad died. Again, it's the 1800s, people just die for fun. Uh, And at the age of seven, she goes to work in the cotton fields where she would have worked as a slave anyway, because what else is she supposed to do? until the age of 10, at which point she moves in with her sister and her sister's husband in Vicksburg, Mrs. Hippie, and she begins working as a domestic, so as a maid, basically. At the age of 14, she marries her first husband, there will be others she marries her first husband moses mcwilliams and i didn't find much more info online but i've read multiple places that she married him basically to get away from her sister's household because her brother-in-law was a f- abusive asshole so her right. sister's husband was a fucking dick weed psycho and she was like fuck this i'm just gonna get married to this old dude and dip <laughs> she has i mean girl you know what you gotta do what you gotta do. She has one daughter with Moses, which is the only child she ever has. Uh, but he ends up dying within five years of their marriage. And all I could read online was quote under mysterious circumstances and didn't find anything else. Uh, per right. usual, I want to just pretend she killed him because I just love that idea. But he probably just died because everybody died in the eighteen hundreds constantly so sarah she was then being called is 20 years old when he dies and her daughter layla is two so she's a single mom living in the south 20 years old the year after he dies so in 1888 sarah takes her daughter and they move to st louis missouri because she has three brothers who live there and she starts working as a laundress so as like a woman who does laundry if you don't know, this is one of the worst fucking jobs you can possibly have. This is before Whirlpool. We don't have laundry machines. If you were a laundress, you were scrubbing over a little, what do they call them? Little, little scrub thing. Those little washboards. A washboard. That's what you called it. I was going to call it a scrubby rib. The little scrubby ribs. The <laughs> The washboards. Uh, you're you're bending over all day. You're folding laundry with your hands all day. This is the 1800s. Nobody cares about safety or what chemicals they're using. So they're using all these really harsh chemicals. It's not a good job, right? Mm. But she's uneducated. She's completely illiterate. She's the United States is just coming off of slavery. She only has so many options. And I think I read online that she was making a dollar twenty-five a day, and really? she at this point becomes really involved in a local church and she's around women who are a little bit more educated than her and she becomes and rightfully so very sad that she never got to get an education and even though she's making shit money she makes it a point to send her daughter to school like all the way through college long term because she's adamant that her daughter should get the education that she was deprived of so it's ca- at that point in time, it, you there weren't public schools. You had to spend money to send your kids to school. And yeah. busting her ass, she manages to send her daughter Layla to school, which is incredible. Um, in 1894, so she's single for about six years. In 1894, she marries again. I didn't even write his name down because he's a piece of shit. He basically was a cheater and a deadbeat. He was like in and out of their lives they end up getting divorced in 1903 so she's in her 30s she's got a deadbeat husband she's got a job doesn't pay much bust an ass sending her kid to school had this horrible upbringing and on top of all of this bullshit she starts losing her hair which is like fucking insult to injury right Uh, but it wasn't actually that weird in the late 1800s for especially poor women to lose their hair. One, you're stressed out as fuck. Two, you, indoor plumbing was only a thing at that point that rich people had. So when you only have limited water, you don't wash your hair very often. Cause think about, think of how much water goes into washing your hair. Yeah. So, you know, you might wash your body as a luxury, a few times a week tops but you're not often washing your hair so it can get really gross you can get lice and on top of that back in the day a lot of shampoos and soaps used lye which it turns out is very good at cleaning bacteria because it's also really good at destroying your skin and your scalp so it's really actually common for women to be losing their hair But obviously, she's like, my whole life is shit. And we all know when women's lives goes to shit, we care about our hair. Like the hair gets a new, it gets a new, new. We're all like, we have our hair to control. At least we have that shit. So she's trying to figure out like how to fix her fucking hair. Her, all three of her brothers who live in St. Louis are barbers. So she starts consulting with them. And in 1904, one way or another, she discovers a product That was called The Great Wonderful Hair Grower, which was developed and distributed by a woman named Annie Turnbow Malone. And side note on her... I might also cover her one day when I was researching CJ Walker. I almost changed course halfway through and started covering this woman. But I had to cover CJ because her name is CJ and she's from Louisiana. But this woman is also a fucking badass bitch. She was also a black woman with a background in chemistry. Which like how many it. black women in the 1890s had a background in chemistry? Seriously. Uh, and she started a hair straightening slash hair growing Uh, line of products specifically for black women so sarah or cj as she later became known found this product loved it so much it helped her get her hair back and she ends up becoming a sales agent for the hair product line because that's what they were doing they were going door to door that's how they sold the product Uh, This is fucking money in the bank for her. She's making better money than she's ever made. It's not heavy physical labor like being a laundress was. And she's spending her entire days talking to other black women instead of fucking dealing with asshole white people in St. Louis, Missouri in 1890 or whatever. 1904 whatever so this is like a big big come up for sarah she becomes a sales agent things go well she ends up in 1905 at the age of 37 moving to denver colorado with her daughter because she's got a sister there a man that she started dating in st louis whose name was charles joseph walker or cj walker is so in love with her that he moves from st louis to denver to marry her and from that point forward she becomes known as madam cj walker until her death she forever goes by madam cj walker there's no more sarah there's no more breed love she like completely this bitch this is the power of fixing her hair bitch like she fixed her hair changed her name moved to a new city and got her entire fucking life and so, boot up. And boot, girl, she got boot up. And this dude was in uh, newspaper advertising and marketing. So oh, he shit. was, yeah, he was not her like old deadbeats. He was boot up level. and got money. Yeah, boot up and elevated. Like she figured that <laughs> shit out. Damn, hair can do a lot. <laughs> girl, uh, girl. <laughs> For the listeners at home, I just cut half my hair off. So I'm very, very attached to this story right now. So here's the, here's just like the one little slightly controversial part of her story. At this point, she moves to Denver. She's still selling that product that Annie Turnbow Malone made. But at this point, she basically just takes her formula and starts selling it as her own. Which is like a little bit shitty, but we're just going to gloss over it because her story gets really good later. So, um she starts selling it as Madame walker's wonderful hair grower so like basically also just stole the name and threw her her name in front of it which like (laughs) i have to acknowledge it it it, that's kind of shitty but she ends up doing really good stuff with her life so we're just we're gonna set it aside uh but in this process she finds her true calling which is that of a fucking marketing maven. And we need to get her on our pod. We need to resurrect her from the dead and bring her to our podcast. We need to, like, Ouija her ass. Help us. Ooh, she could do Ouija boards at PodCon. Bitch, don't you start with me. I will summon all the spirits. <laughs> as in ghosts and as in liquor. Um, yeah. So, she... I mean maybe this really happened I think she was just being really savvy she claims that not only did she not steal the formula from Annie Turnbull Malone that the formula was actually given to her in a dream by a quote big black man those are Madam CJ Walker's words who told her what ingredients she had to include, which included ingredients that were native to Africa that she had to special order. So she says. So this was super smart marketing in two ways. One, it differentiates her from Annie Turnbull Malone. So when they're like, oh, you sold her formula, she could be like, actually a big black man gave it to me, so you could stop at that. <laughs> okay. But two, it also very obviously speaks to black people. I mean, slavery had just is super fucking fresh. There are still people alive who were slaves. You know what I mean? It's the early 1900s. And so she's evoking this African ancestry of like, hey, buy my products, not only because they're dope for your hair, but also because I'm using the fucking products of our people,
0: which is really
1: like we can finally celebrate it, embrace it, celebrate it, buy my shit, which is like, maybe she had that dream that's cool if she had that dream if she had that dream she's a witch so I still covered a witch and if she just made that up then she's a damn good marketer and I still love her so great work the other things that she did that were very savvy one of them was that okay so this is something that she was the first person to change she was not obviously the only person selling these hair products for black women Annie was doing it other people were doing it and when they would run ads they would do like before and after pictures The before picture would always be a black woman with her natural hair looking dramatically bad, you know, like, made it look Mm -hmm. super bad, toe back as fuck. But then the after pictures would be white women. So So, like, when... Which is super deep. The idea being, like, so we're just trying to be white, right? So, like, look what you could be if you bought this product, which is, like, weird and there's a lot to unpack there. Okay, but...
0: Do you... Is this ringing a bell of that very fucked up Dove commercial that recently was, like, released about a year ago and was super controversial? Which one? I feel like... They were the Dove deep. soap. Te- it's Wait, same more. It's, like, a rip-off of this. So tell us more. So, like, in the year of 2018, like, now, fucking Dove, like, <laughs> Dove, the freaking, you know, soap company or whatever beauty product, I don't know what they call themselves, but... They had a commercial, um, I don't know that it was on television, but it was, like, an online ad that was, uh, promoting one of their soap products, and so it showed, first, an African-American lady using the soap on her body, and Mm. as she, like, started from her head and went down, she, like, became white. No! Yes. Yes. And, like, I, obviously everyone went fucking nuts. Of and course. And Dove had to apologize, and it was yeah. a whole thing. Holy shit. But that's shit. basically, like, it's almost what thing. you're
1: just saying. And I'm it's like, that's, so, that's nuts. Like, S- Sarah, this is an, that's an interesting, po- that's an interesting foray into this part of her story. So she, unlike other people who are selling similar products, she used Black women in both pictures. And actually, she used herself most of the time because she was also savvy enough to realize that not only was she branding a product, she was branding herself. So she put her face on every single product she sold. Now, there is a controversy, and I'm not going to talk much about it because it's not my place. There are some people in the black community who have a sore spot with her because she was selling hair straightening products the idea being like work against your natural african hair straighten your hair out that some people feel that way that is not my that's not my lane that's not my life um so there is a little bit of controversy around that piece but i think the other stuff she does in her life speaks a lot louder than than anything like that um But, yeah, so she she was the first person who sold black specific hair products that showed before and after pictures that were both black women and not a white woman. Uh, So that's I don't know if that was just like her preference and her personality or if that was a deliberate tactic, but she killed it. Uh, as I said, she also threw her face on everything and she was also, she wasn't the first person to do this, but it was smart. She wasn't just selling a product. She was selling a system. So, you know, when you're like high as fuck on a Saturday night, eating pizza out of a cup and you're watching television and there's those infomercials and it's like these skincare regimes, right? They're selling like a five product, five step thing. She yeah. was doing that with her hair care products. So it was like a whole routine that she was selling and by extension, kind of a lifestyle. Like, hey, this is how you can... Again, early 1900s, hygiene is not the cutest thing. It's not on trend yet. She's like, hey, like, get, like, make your shit look nice. Get your shit together. Get on my products. Get with it. Uh, she's running ads in black newspapers. She has a mail order business. In very short time, within the span of 10 years... Or excuse me, within the span of five years... She becomes so successful. She's running this business with the help of her daughter Layla and her husband CJ. That by 1910, so only five years after she moves to Denver, she has established a headquarters for her business in Indianapolis. So she's like multi state, enough money that she can buy a property in Indianapolis. And over the subsequent years, she builds in Indianapolis a factory, a salon. A beauty school to train her sales agents, and a laboratory for product research. So, like, she is all of a what sudden making hell of money, like just taking off. In her late thirties, mind you, uh, she actually ends up divorcing CJ in 1912. So she basically gets financially independent and wealthy, and she's like, "You can leave now." Uh, but she keeps his name because she made it famous. Yeah. So she gets to keep it. And she never marries again. Like, she gets her money, and she's like, I'm good. Thanks so much for your time. I got all I needed. Uh, by the 1920s, she, I, like, huge variance in the numbers that I read. But she has trained and employed anywhere from 20 to 40,000 black people, most of them women, in the united states to sell her product across the united states so again 1920s black people women in particular you don't have a lot of job options huge fucking deal that she employed that many black women like insane yeah, that's wild um and she not only employed them but she also showed black women how to budget their money again keep in mind this is a woman who had who is illiterate she cannot read and she has no education she teaches women how to budget their money build their own businesses and she calls on them to be financially independent this is a quote of hers from 1914 i am not merely satisfied in making money for myself i am endeavoring to provide employment for hundreds of women of my race so she may have ripped off annie Turnbull malone you know like But she really made an effort to give back to to her people and to her community. And she ends up in her life giving back to her community, whether it's her local community or black Americans at large in a number of ways. And this is just a highlight reel. There are other things she did. She donated $1,000 to help build a YMCA in a very black neighborhood in Indianapolis. She created a scholarship fund for the for the Tuskegee Institute, which was a historically black college. She I didn't write the name down cuz it was so long, but she donated a fuck ton of money to a school that was specifically for black girls. She donated to La- local African Methodist churches and she was also a patron of the arts. She also served on the executive committee of the New York chapter of the NAACP and I didn't write down the year, but she pledged $5,000 to the NAACP anti-lynching fund, which like, holy fuck, there was an anti-lynching fund. Like, Jesus Christ. She pledged $5,000 to that fund. And at that time in history, it was the largest single gift from an individual donor ever in the NAACP history. So she gave out a ton. She made a bunch of money. Like, this woman given the life that she had the first 35 years of her life she had every right to just get her money buy a nice house buy a bunch of clothes kick her fucking feet up and drink iced tea like she earned that and she probably did that and she also made it a point to help other people who were in situations that she had come from which i think is just so badass um So Madame C.J. Walker sadly dies on May 25th, 1919, which is both Allie Raisman's and Stevie Nicks' birthday. Holy uh, shit. Yeah. From kidney failure at the age of 51, which is so young. Um, she dies as a millionaire, which is a little bit contested, but it seems like her full estate was at least a million dollars. She, at the time of her death, she is considered the richest black woman in America and her will directs two thirds of her estate to charity, so she wow. gives like a vast majority of her estate to other people. That's awesome. And that, and that is her legacy. Now, I will say because it's been it's been said a few times and it doesn't seem to be accurate, a lot of people list her as the first uh, self made African American female from what I was reading actually her mentor Annie Turnbull Malone was the first but either fucking way like she was insanely successful literally and this is my closeout why I love her I mean she started as fucking bottom as you can get like working in the cotton fields four years after slavery ended her parents died when she was seven she was abused her husband died like all the terrible shit that could happen happened to this woman and she climbed to as high as you can ever dream to be at that time in history as a black woman in america a literal millionaire and i also love her because not only did she make it a point to help other people but i love women who like she didn't start her business until her late 30s and I love women who get their, sh- not that that's even quote unquote late in life, but you know, like the, everyone talks about like 17 year olds who like started Napster or whatever. And it's like, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yes. who are successful from the moment they're sucking a nipple. And I just love hearing stories of women who got their start later in their life. Yeah. And this is my last little point. I love that she found the thing that would lead to her success and her happiness and her ability to help other people because she was losing her hair you know it's not like she was out there like trying like she had a dream and she was trying like she obviously knew she wanted something better in her life but my point is like you just and this has been great for my uh I had some like financial setbacks last week that Melissa knows about that just kind of spiraled me into a premenstrual depression. And I loved this idea of like, you just never know. You never know when like the thing that's going to strike you gold, the thing that's going to give you success. Like you just never know where you're going to find that inspiration and how it's going to enter your life. And this woman, she had no reason to believe that she would be anything more than a maid her whole life. And yet she became a fucking millionaire and helped so many people and that is madam cj walker
0: that's awesome i fucking, fucking love that love story her. fucking love her so good she's great
1: she's good god so many thoughts on the zodiac sign i i'll give you a hint it should be really fucking obvious
0: well i have two guesses okay my first is capricorn my second yep
1: well. she's a Capricorn yes uh, <laughs> december 26 1860 and man like what how capricorn could you possibly fucking be well i only started to maybe switch from capricorn over to
0: virgo when you made the point right now about how all of her success came from her needing to fix and improve something okay, like her hair sure. her loss of hair that's like a very virgo thing like oh shit sure. we have a we have an issue how Let let's solve it hmm um but Capricorn obviously for all
1: of I mean, the, the rest bottom of the story to the, the top. whole story bottom of the top like textbook Capricorn the yeah
0: mo- isn't she great you she's great you covered it so well um it's such a good story I've freaking stoked off of her
1: like I just anytime I feel bad about my life all I ever have to do is look at her and be like okay cool we're gonna make it we got yeah it
0: a hundred percent
1: god bless her she's
0: a badass bitch i also love
1: that both her and her husband were named cj (laughs) i also i love that she's like this is my name now (laughs) she's like good day and i i there's not a ton of information that i could find online as why she left him but i think she probably was just like i don't need a man anymore i have big money in the bank bye and i love it She's like, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, Yeah, she was a badass. Oh, I totally forgot to mention something. What? Netflix is making a series about her, which I didn't know until I started researching her for this episode. Octavia Spencer will be, as of right now, is signed to start a Netflix series about her. I think it's a six or eight episode series about Madam C.J. Walker.
0: Is it like so, a documentary or like a... No, like it's a, a series. Dr- it's a
1: dramatization, nice. but it's just, it's not going to be like multiple seasons. It's just going to be kind of like a mini series. Yeah. Cool. So super excited to see that come out. I didn't know that was happening until I researched her. So Sick. And guess who one of the you you're not gonna guess so i don't know why i told you to guess one of the producers of that miniseries is lebron james what exactly well he also just i don't know if you were following this he just created like a 150 million dollar school for like at-risk inner-city youth yeah, I did see that actually. LeBron James, like, I'm not a big sports person, certainly not basketball, even though I'm tall, a uh, half a foot taller than Melissa. I, uh,. <laughs> he's out here like he's giving back in a real way so god bless lebron james i thought people like hated his ass too they probably do i don't know did he rape someone did lebron james rape someone because then i can't like him no I, don't, I i mean james as far rape. as
0: other media knows i don't think he has i thought they just hate him because he's no. like a cocky piece of shit on the court and stuff
1: i mean he and is think, but he's also like a fantastic player right yeah i, I yeah. think right? yeah but i so. feel like
0: he gets like a lot of heat
1: yeah I think he is not in the sports world. He is partially detested. Uh, but he's out here giving back in a, in a yeah. way that CJ Walker was. So Hell yeah. Woo-hoo. Way to go. Way to uh, go, LeBron. LeBron.
0: <laughs> so, mine's going to be much shorter this episode because the woman I'm covering is literally younger than me. So not much life to discuss.
1: <laughs> I don't know, you you've lived a life, baby girl. But
0: okay. Um and the reason why I picked her, she is somebody that I've actually been following on social media for about a year, mm-hmm. um who I learned about through a really cool thing I'll be discussing in her episode. Um, she's also local to the area that I'm in every single day. And I've been wanting to cover her for a while, but it was just kind of one of those that's on the list and I realized that I finally found inspiration to cover her due to the fact that I just joined a softball team and this woman is a softball player. Ooh! Sorry. So, I'm it's you probably don't know who she is, but mm-hmm. she is actually pretty relevant right now in terms of uh, the feminist world, including sports. And her story will be a little bit similar to Alicia Napoleon's, mm-hmm. um, but they do are they're obviously in different sports, and although they kind of have some of the same um, ideas about their femininity, um, she's a little bit more well known right now for something she just recently did
1: so do we know what episode alicia napoleon was that five if we want to shout that I out i think it people.
0: was four,
1: four four or five or f- it's the empress and the white witch for those of you not listening in sequence that's the one with alicia napoleon You should listen yes to it. okay So today
0: I'm covering a woman by the name of Lauren Chamberlain and she is an American softball player who's featured in the 2018 ESPN Magazine's 10th Anniversary Body Issues Edition. Um, So she was born in 1993 in Orange, California, and she grew up in Tribuco Canyon, which is literally like right around the corner from where I work. Um, She began playing softball at eight years old, and she's competed at every level, starting with rec ball. She's competed as a D1 athlete. She's played for Team USA, and now she's continuing her career as a professional softball player. She played for the Oklahoma Sooners from 2012 to 2015, and when she was a freshman in 2012, she hit 30 home runs, finishing second in the nation in home runs that year. Okay she was three times named the big 12 player of the week becoming the first freshman in big 12 softball to win that award three times she continued to win multiple awards and rank in the top 10 nationally throughout 2013 to 2015 and on april 30th of 2015 she hit a grand slam making it the 91st home run of her career which moved her into the sole possession of first place all time on the nsaa career home runs list
1: on a grand fucking slam (laughs) yes
0: yeah um following her senior season in college she was nominated for the honda cup award and was named the big 12's conference's female athlete of the year And in 2015, she was selected with the number one overall draft pick in the NPF draft by the USSA Pride and continues to play on this Florida-based softball team today. So this is the professional softball team she's currently on and has been on since 2015. And she was literally selected being like the number one draft that existed. Um, so that's literally her, her athletic career. There's not much to say since it, it's only been a couple of years since she's sure. been, you know, active. But the reason why I pick Lauren and the reason why she's relevant kind of right now in her career is because outside of her insane softball career, she is in a huge, huge, huge advocate of, um like being a proponent of body positivity for women Mm -hmm. and she it's like one of her ultimate goals outside of being an awesome softball player is to start like transforming girls into women not only athletically in softball but emotionally and mentally off the field as well So, she was featured, like I had said, in this past year's ESPN magazine for their, like, it's called, like, the Body Issues edition, where it features naked athletes in the magazine showing off Mm -hmm. their bodies. Mm -hmm. And her body is... Completely naked in this edition, and she's showing off her perfectly imperfect body, so to say. Mm-hmm. So the pictures of her are raw, they're real, they're unedited. And they have her basically, like, in different softball poses. So, like, she'll be either up at bat, holding the bat, or she'll be, like, running to a base, or she'll be, like, crouched down, like, with a glove, completely naked, and showing it all. And by all, I mean some thick-ass booty, some big old thighs, cellulite. She's got some rolls going on. And, like, I'm telling you, this girl is not somebody that society would consider is like obese or like even overweight for that matter. It's almost like she has a body that obviously is athletic she has been an athlete her entire life she trains she exercises she's like you know in an active world she probably eats pretty well in order to keep up with like the stamina and the endurance that she has to have throughout her career but she has all of the curves all of the shapes that most women have but our society either hides it or they don't you know show it in our advertising and our movies on the mo- mm-hmm. the model runways and so she's really representing what most women's bodies look like but that are predominantly hidden in in the media world mm-hmm. and so by no means is Lauren somebody that you know is unhealthy or doesn't take care of her body right. she just has a real fucking body and so these photos of her are fucking incredible like you literally want to
1: right now. just
0: look them up right now her name what's is her last name lauren chamberlain and it's spelled c-h-a-m-b-e-r-l-a-i-n
1: <gasps> and yeah it- i'm already yessing i'm already yessing yes yes oh she's like oh she butt-ass naked
0: yeah she's um and you know i i don't know like I would like honestly, if I was standing naked in a mirror right now, I probably would look just like her body. I was thinking that exact same thing. I'm like, that's kind of what I look like
1: naked a little bit,
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know. But typically, I'm not, you know, posing on my Instagram and posting photos of me like that because I have been led to believe that it isn't desirable, it isn't seen as beautiful because I do have imperfections about my body, and like I think the greatest thing about what she's shown in these pictures is that like you know here it is sorry right. not fucking sorry
1: well and it's beautiful she looks beautiful like, yeah she does she look looks fucking great yeah she looks great
0: and so i wanted to kind of go into t- um reading what
1: are you no i'm just like i'm sorry as melissa's talking i'm looking at pictures of her and just losing my shit because i like because I have, a, in some ways, I have a similar body type, and she's just rocking it, and I fucking Well, and love I her. think that's how I feel. I think
0: that's why I love Lauren so much, because another thing I wanted to talk about, which I actually was going to mention after I read this, but since we're getting into it, I'll bring it up now. Like, one thing that I really struggle with in terms of how women are portrayed in the media or even in terms of our clothing that we can buy like online we we've been categorized into two categories and that is it it's either thin or plus size and There's an entire middle zone of female bodies that are not thin nor plus size that literally do not exist in the marketing world. There are no clothes that are advertised for us. There are no models that are featured wearing the clothes that should be advertised for us. There's this entire woman that falls in the like average body type weight, and we don't have anywhere to shop for those clothing. Like the sizes don't exist. Um, It's just, we don't, it's not marketed for us. It doesn't exist for us. Like we literally don't exist in terms of a female body type that is acknowledged and represented online and where we can buy our clothing. And when I look at Lauren, that's the kind of body type that I have. Maybe you have lots of my friends have, and you know, we struggle to be seen as existing right it's just like either skinny or large and we're like right in the middle of that
1: and also it's more nuanced than skinny or because i feel like plus size they just assume oh that which means you have big hips and big boobs and big ass and it's like no i personally am someone like i'm i forget endomorph ectomorph like i have broad shoulders massive tits like very narrow hips and like people like us they don't make clothes for a woman like that yeah they're they're like like, what no sorry women are hourglass what are you talking about bye and that's it
0: yeah and so especially even in plus size clothing like the only types of bodies in plus size clothing they make clothes for are women that are more bottom heavy a lot of plus size models are very small chested and they have very large hips and very large thighs i am very large chested and have like no hips and no thighs i'm all tits and stomach and that literally (laughs) doesn't exist anywhere like they refuse to acknowledge that body type and I we know. get lost into this dark abyss of like we will not sell clothing that fits you it doesn't exist you don't get to wear this shirt or that shirt it's just like we're fucked basically and so this
1: is also sorry but this is awakening a lot in me. this is also why i fucking hate jeans oh my god like female jeans so i have like a stomach and i have like decently sized thighs like she does but i don't have hips and i don't have an ass you cannot find good fitting jeans as a woman if that is your story they're just like either you you're skinny and you're like a size two or you have huge hips and ass and those are the only two types of women that exist in this world and that's it
0: yeah it's it's pretty fucked up and so i think the cool thing about if you go online and you google lauren chamberlain espn and you look at her body like that is a body that most women have and it's a body that's ignored and not represented anywhere mm-hmm. and it it really struggles f- for us to find clothes that can fit our body types and just exist in this female world so yeah. anyway i wanted to like go into talking about um you know some of the things that she said in an ESPN article so I'll just read off so you can learn a little bit more about her insight where she stands on body positivity her experience with it and like why she's doing what she is today so these are direct quotes from Lauren she goes I have talked about the ESPN body issue since it's been around I don't think I said yes for my ne- myself necessarily, I said yes for the girls around the world who might see the issue and see someone who looks like them, someone who's thicker, bigger, not as jacked as the typical athlete, and that could give them that boost to love their bodies. Growing up in Orange County, California, thick just wasn't in, thin mm. was in. Mm -hmm. I remember jean shopping was the worst day of the year because I would try to squeeze into a certain size. I'd have my mind set on a number. Either I fit into that size jean or I left without a pair because I wouldn't go above a certain size. When I started to get good at sports and when I started hitting the ball really far, that's when my body image changed. I loved what my body was doing for me on the field and that started to translate off the field. When I got into college athletics, my body and power were celebrated and appreciated. That was huge for my mindset on my body. Mm -hmm. Hitting a home run takes everything working at one time. Your mechanics Mm -hmm. have to be on point and your timing and mindset have to be on point you're figuring out what pitch she's going to throw you're on time with the ball and your body is responding in line with your mind it's beautiful and it's a pretty crazy thing if you think about it Mm -hmm. anytime i went against my body and didn't give it what it needed in an attempt to achieve a societal norm i let myself down Sometimes in high school and early college when I was dealing with insecurities about my body, not eating was disrespectful to my body, not giving it what it needs to perform in order to achieve a certain look. If we're being honest, it just became stupid at a certain point. You're after this unattainable look, this Instagram look, and it's not achievable. I still deal with that insecurity. How am I not shaped and curved like that Instagram model? But you know what? She can't hit a ball like me or move like me. She can't do what I can do.
1: Girl. (laughs) There's,
0: hold on, a couple more playing softball taught me to appreciate my body and what it's capable of. I'll never take those lessons for granted, and that same experience needs to be available for more girls. And right now, it's not. As a society, we really need to focus on getting younger girls into sports so they can see their bodies working in a positive way. So that's her last comment. And then another thing I kind of want to teeter into, um, mm-hmm. in this same article, they they also made a note that a recent survey in Clamor magazine revealed that ninety seven percent of women say that they have at least one negative thought about their body image every single day.
1: Yeah,.
0: yeah. which is so
1: fucking sad. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to share a softball story that go for it makes me think of her so in my town so I grew up in a baseball family my dad my brother's obsessed with baseball I I joined a peewee an all-male peewee league when I was four years old and then I dropped out because the boys were so mean to me And I was like, really, I would go home crying after every practice. And I'm sad that I didn't stick it out, but also they were really mean. And I was a sensitive child. But the second I could join a softball league, which in my hometown was, I think, 10. So that's like fifth grade. I went and auditioned. I went and tried out. And at that point, I was already going through puberty. So I was like, I, I was starting to realize that I was big and I was, I had a different shape than these smaller girls, and when they got to the batting portion of the tryouts, I fucking killed it, because I had the body type for it, I had her body type, so I was just like, I'm like, whack, 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 (laughs) whack, like, just fucking, like, line drive, line drive, line drive, fucking nailed it, and when I was walking away, like, when my mom and I left, my mom she turned to me in a rare moment of pride and she, from the Scorpio mom. And she was like, when you went up there, all the male coaches were like, we know who our cleanup hitter is going to be. And it was the first time in my fucking life that I felt good about the way my body was. Because up until that point... I was like, okay, like, everyone's skinny, everyone's small, women are supposed to be a certain thing, boop, 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 boop. But suddenly, there was this connection to something wonderful. Like, I could beat the shit out of a ball, and I ended up... I obviously didn't take this into high school, because I became, like, very drug-addicted and punk-rocky in high school and went through that phase. But I ended up on, like, the best team in the league because of that hitting, and it was... Like, it, it it was a huge deal. It was like, wow, like, my body isn't just something to be looked at and consumed. Like, it can do things. You know? Yeah. It has power. It has ability. Yeah. It can do amazing things. And that was a huge moment for me so i remember well, that i'll always remember and i that. think
0: that's the point she's making in her yeah in her, in her uh interview is that like that is when she found body positivity in herself was when the day that she stopped looking at herself and saying this is ugly this is ugly yeah. and looking at herself and being like holy shit like look what this body can do like yes. this is insane. Yes. And I think that's a fucking incredible concept. And I think her, you know, trying to promote more young girls to get into sports, to teach them that life lesson is unbelievable. Like, I think that's such an interesting insight because I think a lot of especially today with how horrible social media has begun to take over our youth and just like create these fake ideas of what we're all supposed to be. We're all supposed to just be like these online celebrities, you know? And yeah. it, it's it's fucked up because I think a lot of young girls today are growing up thinking that they have to be these, you know online celebrities and they have to be absolutely drop dead beautiful and they have to have 70 billion thousand followers every single one of those 70 billion thousand followers telling them you're the most beautiful person on earth and you know Mm. showing off how amazing their bodies are because they just don't eat very much and it's just it's a really toxic disgusting portrayal of just humanity in general and you know when I look at these pictures of Lauren Chamberlain and like see what her body looks like and, like, the power that she has, and, like, the talent that she has, and her athleticism, and how great her career has been, like, Mm -hmm. all the awards she's won, and the, you know, the top rating ranks in the nation, and the fucking home runs, like, it's insane being the number one scouted person in the nation to be on, like, a professional softball league, and, like, you know, the fact that, like, all of that could be overlooked due to maybe the extra 10 pounds around her stomach waistline. Right. That just fucking pisses me off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's disgusting. Right. Well, and that's, you know, in the way that men get to just be athletic and not think it, like you can be a fat ass and be a badass NBA player. You can be a fat ass and be a, or MLB. You can, You know what I mean? Like. And people are like, whatever, cool, ha you hit home runs, like, nobody cares. Um, I'm thinking of Pablo from the Giants. Uh, fucking fat ass, and nobody cares. They're like, you yep. keep hitting home runs, we don't give a shit. Uh, it, all this to say, like, men get to know their bodies by what their bodies are capable of. Women in our society get to know their bodies based on what they look like. And it just robs us of this amazing power because really our bodies does. are fucking badass and our bodies can do really cool shit. Like, okay, tying it back to the the tooth loss, like <laughs> your body, but for real, like when I have you ever broken a bone? Uh, I've shattered
0: my right elbow. Oh, holy fuck, how did that happen? In a volleyball game. It's still shattered. You can't heal something like that.
1: I was going to say like how do what do you even do with that?
0: It bends, but if you like touch the end of my elbow, it feels like there's like a bunch of like gravel. it's not like a smooth elbow it's like all fucked up weird okay i was was like broken a bone in half
1: i was gonna say like even just the act of when i broke my ankle two weeks before we graduated the idea that my body was regrowing a bone i was like thanks body like wait you know your body does all these amazing (laughs) things your body can reinsert a tooth and grow it back I mean your body's capable of all these cool things but as a female in America we just get focused on the way it looks right and it just it does so much more than that so that's I love her oh my god so good
0: well and like the other thing the other point that I think's interesting to make which I think I experience a lot in my personal life is that like this idea that like As long as a woman works out a shitload and eats the perfect diet, she should be thin and have these amazing Instagram fitness model bodies. And it's like, oh, really? Because, like, Lauren Chamberlain's entire life is a athletic career, which I'm sure comes with personal training all day long, probably, like, prepared food plans. Like, this chick's not out, you know, Jaeger bombing five days a week. Like, she's fucking, like... She's in a very health and athletic and active-driven lifestyle. And this is what her body looks like. And so... It, I just hate this idea that, like, if only you worked harder, if only you yeah. burned more calories, if right. only you counted all your calories. Like, right. you know, and like, I think I experienced that a lot because I live live like a very active lifestyle. I work out all the time. I'm on like volleyball, softball. I do spin. I do yoga like I'm active I right. like all the time. And I eat pretty healthy, but, like, I'm never going to be skinny. I'm never going to have, you know, washboard abs. I'm never going to have a non-cellulite body. Like, I'm always going to look like Lauren Chamberlain because that's just what my body looks like. Like, literally, I don't think there's anything I could do more to have a more, a different body than what I have now. I mean, maybe I have to become bulimic. Like, I don't know. But it's just, I also just am sick and tired of, like, this idea that as long as you just work out all the time and eat healthy, it's, like, that's not really true. Like, everybody's different. Like, your genetics are different. You know? I think there's a lot to lead to it.
1: And also, like, that's not being thin is not even the most important thing like you can be someone who is crazy thin and eat doritos all day i mean like it depends on your body it depends on your you could be the most unhealthy person you could be a crackhead and be the thinnest person on the street but that's not the lifestyle that you want to lead you know so yeah that we that we have learned to equate that with health is just bullshit but but i
0: think that like the world that women live in is that you can have this type of lifestyle where you're happy and you're successful and you're healthy and you're active and you're fit and you're living your passion and you're doing it so well and everyone's rewarding you and, you know, you're this great feminist icon, but you still have 10 pounds to lose. Right,
1: right. You know,
0: it's just, Mm -hmm. it always will fall down to that.
1: Well, so a great example of that is Mother Oprah, who obviously runs this entire world and is the Jesus among us. (laughs) And she still talks about her weight and she said, which i love oprah and i will cover her on our 100th episode i promise um but she still bought out weight watcher you know what i mean like if there's one thing that oprah has still gotten stuck on for all of her fucking wisdom and jesus level shit she's still worried about her weight and that like that's how which isn't to dig on oprah it's just a testament to how deep that shit runs in our society that yeah. like even literally like the Jesus of this world is worried yeah. about her weight, you know? It's really fucked up.
0: Yeah. So if
1: you're listening to this and you're like, man, girl, listen, bitch, like you're you look great. Go don't worry about what your body looks like. Worry about what it can do. Like go sign up for a softball league or go sign up for a hundred and seventy mile bike ride or whatever and just show yourself what your body can do. It's badass. Yeah. I love
0: her, right? Oh, she also just came out with a cute body positivity um, clothing line. It's only like it's only like three T shirts and like a hat, but I really like the hat, and I wanted to buy it, and it already sold out. No, it's like a black baseball hat, like a yes. women's baseball cap, and in like white cursive, in like really cute cursive writing, it just says "whole lotta body."
1: I want it. i I know it's super cute she better restock it yeah so she
0: has a personal website where you can buy her really cute hat um and then her her t-shirts say the same thing they're like they're like something you'd wear to the gym and it says something like whole lot of ass or whole lot of body or whatever um but she's awesome i think she's like 25
1: Oh, um her. get it girl i know
0: she's great go look at her photos online lauren chamberlain espn body issues um she's the fucking shit
1: okay for sign um, can it, I can i ask questions first yeah oh, because wait, there's we there's it,
0: i would have i wouldn't have
1: known is she a fire sign
0: no and, I, and that's the thing is that I don't know a lot about her personal life like that's yeah, sure. it doesn't exist on the internet like I don't know what the situation is with anything in her life outside of her career okay. and this body image so it's really really difficult to, to guess. guess okay I will is give she, you yeah, do you want any ahead. hints yes okay well she's a
1: water sign okay thank you because I was going to ask if she was a uh, earth so okay she's Scorpio no is she a cancer she's a cancer okay okay but i don't know how to explain that i don't either i i just i'm gonna default to them being a cardinal sign and how they like cardinal signs in general cut a path for other people and i'm just yeah say that because i don't know anything else about her
0: yeah i don't know lauren chamberlain bitch slut
1: of the week way to kill it love it god bless her and her pictures are so funny i just love too. like i love a good softball thigh right you know, like a softball thigh is like a big old motherfucking chicken leg and that's what yeah. i have and i fucking love that shit i'm like yes yeah. give me yeah. a softball thigh
0: her she's got she's got some thigh action happening you can for just sure. take, a, take a big
1: bite out of it and there's still a whole lot of thigh left love that Ball. shit. yeah it's she's great. also
0: got wow. a, a hot ass boyfriend who's really rocking that body so props to him what's his is he an athlete do we know i think he's an athlete yeah good
1: he's we don't care about him because this is the sisterhood but yeah great way to hit it lauren <laughs> get that thigh meat slapping all right <laughs> <sighs> love it <laughs> okay she's a cancer okay cool yep so that's all that right. i love it do do we have any ending thoughts um not really that's fine well thanks for listening welcome to the monday night mimosa oh that works well too like monday mimosa Monday night mimosa yeah that works really well that works well okay welcome to the first of the monday night mimosas hit us up on gofundme uh that, that's the only place you can hit us at and so we just need your money and we need it as quickly as you can give it to us okay folks, guys thanks fucking sluts (laughs) donate to our fundraiser or don't there are 254 of you listening and one of you has donated two of you have (laughs) Uh, sorry and we love you guys so much yes we do even if you can't donate if you just like promote us Put your tits against a glass window and scream the Sisterhood of the Bottomless Mimosa on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. That's all we need. That's all all we need. Bye. Katios, machachas.